It's Thursday, August 6, 2020, and you're listening to episode 549 of Hear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is one hour. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Wayne. My name's Chip. I don't think we've got any announcements or any weird hoi bolloi or I, I don't know what it was. Announcements called. involve having any clue about time, and I don't right now. Well, yeah, and right now the entire gaming industry is either shut down or taking some time off. So, yeah, <laughs> play games. Yeah. Okay, there you go. So put that on your calendar somewhere and uh, get your friends to put it on their calendar in the same date and time. That's easy. <laughs> and uh, have a game. Uh, so that's that's your announcements for Remember today. gaming before online calendars and before email? No, you, I never did. It was actually a lot better because you had to show up at a place in a time that was agreed on in advance. And it wasn't necessarily a moving target. It was like I think every... That- week at this time on yeah, this day yeah. at this place that's or that's it occurred at a time when we were young enough that our schedules were still pretty mm-hmm. flexible you know very seat of our pants and so she's like hey do you guys want a game tonight right and in all likelihood five people would be free now of course that dissipates when you get into adulthood but yeah it was still hey we're every tuesday night is gaming mm-hmm. night like for now if you're the boot every wednesday night is podcast night and yeah. every other thursday night is skies of glass night and so it gets fairly easy to remember now i do still have it on my calendar because of the fact that i have this nasty habit that if we cannot get it on a schedule or if the schedule keeps bouncing like the skies of glass one we keep moving up a week mm-hmm. moving back a week skipping a week whatever because what well, we did until eric and i started having a game on the opposite thursday so if we miss this guy's a glass, Eric and I aren't available on the other Thursday. So yeah, now we're really on every other Thursday. So, well, or not on every other Thursday yeah. as the case may be. So yeah, now I, I kind of have to keep the online calendar. Just keep all my crap straight. Yeah. It's not just gaming. It's all the other social obligations and whatever mm-hmm. else I've got to do that is not on there. So I, I use a calendar. I use an online calendar on my phone. And it sends reminders and stuff. Yeah. I, I live and die by that. That's it, same here. If it does not go in my calendar, do not expect me to show up. No, it, I'm the same way. Yeah. yeah. If, if it's not on my Google calendar, I'm not probably going to remember it was even a thing. I mean, mm-hmm. I might maybe, but probably not. Yeah. I don't put anything on the calendar and then I just don't remember it. And, and you that's show okay. up to things. You just bunker up at home. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I, I miss you, Wayne. <laughs> Okay, so let's roll then into the main topic for today, which is what do you do when someone asks for a very specific game? Yeah, not asking for a game. Right, right. So yeah. let's explain this. This, so this. I can give examples because I have two examples that led me to suggest this topic. Okay. One of them is the constant <laughs> asking for a Injustice of Gods Among Us game. It is kind of rude of Lord to keep badgering you about that. <laughs> yeah. But I am in favor of it. it. Sounds cool. So if you run it, I'd like to be involved. But <laughs> maybe I maybe no pressure. Yeah. I mean no pressure, but you know, if you if I you, hear you do a good Dr. Freeze voice. I you know <laughs> not I that just, you'd want to play Dr. Freeze. I, you know, I, I I've been random I've, I've, I have been standing in front of a mirror <laughs> trying to perfect my bring me Ferris Boyle. Mm. So <laughs> I you know, but just <laughs> And you've yep. been like spending 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes growing each time in your freezer. Yes. Just just curl it in your <laughs> yeah. freezer to kind of get yeah, exactly. into the Right, yeah. to get into yeah. the character. Mm-hmm. I'm already properly pale. Yeah. I just yeah. need to shave myself bald at some mm-hmm. point and get either, you know, red or blue eyes. And <laughs> I can do that with contacts. So that was one of the two things that inspired this topic because it got well, I'm me. I'm sorry, Lord, put you through that. <laughs> <laughs> it got me thinking about, you know, how would I prepare to run a game like that for somebody who loves a setting and knows all about it and mm-hmm. all the details. And what would I, how would I find out what is important about that setting to him? Yeah. The other one was. And how the- do you make it live up to the hype? Yes. I mean, jokes aside, you know, yeah. it's kind of. It is a lot of pressure. Yeah. yeah. So the other one is Fear the Conline. Mm-hmm. So Fear the Conline was on June 19th and 20th. My wife's birthday is on June 20th. 
So mm-hmm. we were having Fear the Con line and what would have been Fear the Con on her birthday. So I told her months ago, okay. Didn't you set the date? Yeah, it wasn't the date <laughs> I wanted, though. But it was the date no. we had available. Because mm. we couldn't get the original venue on the date I wanted. Mm. But anyway, it was set on her birthday. So I told her months ago, okay, tell me what you want to me to run, and I will run you a game for mm-hmm. your birthday. Whatever game you want. And she came back with, oh, anything's fine. No, she came back with, <laughs> I want a game set in Nathan Lowell's Trader's Tales series. Mm-hmm. It's a book series we're both really big fans of. Okay. So I am very familiar with the setting. It the, wasn't out of nowhere. The essay, these are all new words to my <laughs> vocabulary. Yeah. Very good series. Think base truckers. Now I'm thinking that Johan game where it's like space <laughs> confederates and they ride dinosaurs. And Johan actually is a big fan of the series too. Him and I used to talk about it a okay. lot. Okay. It's more like shipping lines in space. Going from space station where you pick up cargo, take it to another space station where you sell cargo. I assume things happen along the way. Things no. happen, but it's not. <laughs> not really. There's no, <laughs> it's a certain kind of book, man. <laughs> yeah, specifically, there's no space combat. There's mm-hmm. no guns. There's nothing like that. It is character-driven stories. So immediately when she said this, I okay, I'll do this. And I had to sit back and think, what is important about that book series? Mm-hmm. What is it about that series that makes her want to play a game in it? And how do I make that into a game? That was a lot harder than, say, an Injustice game where there's going to be superhero fighting. Yeah. This one, there's not going to be fighting. How do I make it interesting? What do I bring in? And that is what inspired this topic is when someone comes to you and asks for something, they're immediately what they ask for is something where you have to stop and think, how do I do this. Well, I just can't run my standard game. Well, right. Since Laura's not here to talk about injustice, and I don't know what the <laughs> yeah. space trucker thing even is. So, to give some other examples, mm. it's not someone coming to you and saying, I want to play an A Star Wars game. Yeah, It's someone coming to you and saying, I want to play in Rebels, the TV show. Well, I think even more than that, it's more someone coming to you and saying, oh, I want to play was Mara Jade or whatever her name was. I want to play Third Order, blah, 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 Fist of the Emperor, something, something. I don't know anything about Star Wars. I'm just throwing it out. I want to play like this one character or this one character type from this one era doing this one thing. I read this one book or played this one video game, and I really want to capture that Chad comes to me and says, I want to be a moisture farmer. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I can work with that. That's at least broad and not limiting i mean it's ridiculous but... i want to be a moisture farmer on tattooed right outside well, of the like saying i want to play uncle owen the early years no, it would yeah. be like saying okay you remember in the first movie there's the big space fight right and about how all the rebel squadrons you know you you have rogue squadron i think it's called and then you have you know the others you remember that one squadron where they have a green stripe yeah i want to play those guys <laughs> who and yeah. there are like 12 Star Wars fans screaming right now, it's these guys and there's 50 I bucks. I think it really was just called like, Green Squadron. I mean, it very well might be. But it's it's like... You have Red Squadron, Gold Squadron. If you're asking that question of somebody like Dale, Dale is a huge Star Wars guy, right? Okay. And he would might know the answer to that, you know, who are these green guys? But if you ask me, it's like, I could run a Star Wars game. Not a huge Star Wars fan, like it well enough, know enough about the lore, I could brush up on, like, the Wikipedia page, whatever. I could probably run a pretty decent Star Wars game. But you come at me like that, where it's just like, I want to play these green guys that had 13 seconds of screen time and no books or lore about them, other than, you know, some out-of-print book from 1983. It's like, I mean, my first thing is to say, well, maybe not, but let's say if I say yes, what do I do? So my first piece of advice is to ask the question, what about it is important to you? Well, they have a green stripe, and green's my favorite color. Well, okay, yeah, because <laughs> I've got two big concerns here, and Wayne just hit on number one. Yeah. So number one is what is it that they want out of this game? Because if they are asking something that specific, clearly there is some emotion about it. There is some yeah. X factor that has really got them caught up in wanting to do that. Now, if you ask me that about Injustice, I could speculate on why Laura wants to play it so bad. Uh, Because I know, at least for me, in my limited exposure and interest in it, I know precisely what it is that I find fascinating about Mr. Freeze. Potentially, theoretically, just for sake of argument, that I like about Mr. Freeze. I know what I like about the setting. 
And I know how I imagine Mr. Freeze could fit into that setting. So I could pretty well answer those questions. I think it's going to be difficult with some people because some people, to be blunt, I don't think they're sufficiently self-aware to really explain those things. Mm -hmm. I think some people are just not introspective enough, or even if they are introspective enough, they don't communicate well enough to really convey to you, this is why I want to play this particular niche within a niche within a niche within a niche. Yeah. Well, and let's say I didn't ask Dan any of those questions for an injustice game. And I sit down and I start running a game where you're all a bunch of teens that just got your superpowers and you're trying to not fall in line with Superman or Batman. Mm -hmm. That might be a really interesting game. Yeah. But it's not what Dan wanted out of that game. Right. Yeah. If I don't ask the question, I don't know that. Well, and there's a broader sort of ask here too of, Let's go back to the Green Squadron, whoever the hell these guys are, right? right? You know, let's say Dan is super into that. You know, I'm running this game. He pulled in every political card he has on me for the past 40 years. Yes. I cannot say no. And I'm like, okay, for you, buddy, I'm going to do it. But it's a whole other group, right? Okay, yeah, that's my yeah. second concern. That's concern number two. Does Laura, Dale... Wayne, yeah, know what in the hell these guys are, or care, or care, or want care to play? Is the big one, yeah. Do do they care? We do, can educate on what, right? Care is not so. If I yeah, if I go to somebody and say, hey, I want to play an injustice game for Laura's sake, so Laura and I are on board. <laughs> that, that's funny <laughs> every time. <laughs> but but let's say we get Chris Hussey to play, and he's never read any of the books. I'll say, and does he even want to play a superhero game? And if he's part of our gaming group. Then we'll never tell him we're gaming, but let's say it just, it slips out to him and he shows up for a game. Is he even going to want to play this game? And if not, well, I mean, why are my desire, our Lord's desires, I mean, more important than say his. That was one of the first things I had to address when I was running the Fear the Conline game based on the Nathan Lowell books is, okay, I have one player that I'm running this game for that's super bought in. I don't know if anyone else has ever read any of the books. I mean, we, so we've I never have heard of them. I have to present the game as if nobody else knows anything. And if there's any proper nouns that need to happen, I need to explain some setting stuff initially to get them on board. But I need to find things that they're going to be interested in without having that pre-knowledge. Let me give you an example that I think this will create a pretty good working point to illustrate and see if we can solve some of these problems. And I'm going to create one that is intentionally a bit difficult to solve. So let's say I walk Wayne through my homebrew Transformers rules. And he's like, okay, I got it. I'm 100% on this. I'm going to run a game. I being Wayne. Wayne's going to run a game. And I say, well, I want to be Unicron. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why do you want to be Unicron? Precisely. All right. So you will start working through the issues. Yeah. Then you have somebody at the table is like, we can be unicorns? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. So one, why do I want to play Unicron? Two, do other people even know what Unicron is? Three, can we even agree on which iteration of Unicron we're using? Because he's presented yeah. in some pretty radically different ways, depending on the series. I won't go through all those, because <laughs> I know there are people who care as much as I do, but I realize that's a minority. Because of- if you start, then I'm going to start, and then Chad's going to walk out the door. Well, and then, but then here's the other big question. I'm playing Unicron. That doesn't fit with any kind of party cohesion. That, that literally does not fit. Right. He's the size of a planet. So, he can't walk in the door. Right. So now we have this issue of, so what does anyone else do in this game that uh, one around inside of Unicron? That one fits in with Unicron. And two, if they go away from Unicron. he's playing giant planets. I, what an awful game. I know. Exactly. <laughs> so Dan's playing Unicron. Chad's going to play Primus. No, because then the Unicron I want is the one that was made by the master. And there is no Primus. You guys are starting. I know. <laughs> you got to pump the brakes here. Wayne Wayne did this. Danger. Wayne threw that firebomb. Danger. He knows I'm all Gen 1. <laughs> Danger. He knows I'm Gen 1. Who made the Transformers? If you say the AltSpark, I will get a gun and okay, shoot you. So, Quintessence. So here's the thing. Thank you, Wayne. We can hug this out now. Here's <laughs> the thing. So let's take this example, right? Right, right. Let's or, do it serious. It's serious, yeah. right? Wayne is going to run this game. Right. You are all about Transformers. I mean, I liked it when I was a kid, but I don't follow it. Sure. Transformers are fine. I'm not invested in the lore, so I just don't yeah. know. 
The danger that I see, besides playing Unicron, besides <laughs> the planet, let's say we get you down to something more realistic. No, let's say I do. No, because I've got, I've got a full well, thought experiment here. So let's say well, I'm. Uh, this is well, what I pitch. I'm dead set on Unicron. Here's the issue that I see: is that Wayne's run this game, and you're the subject matter expert. Right. It's like playing a level one character in a group where everyone's level forty. But we're not yeah. talking stats here. We're just talking knowledge of the universe. Do Transformers? eat do they sleep okay and i i mean there's answers to obviously to all of these let's let's throw out a big piece of advice right there which is if you are running this you're probably just creating a gm wank don't do it yeah if you are asking someone else to gm it i think it is fair to educate them to a point but beyond that you have to accept that you are the subject matter expert so shut up Yeah, that you, I you cannot, have to have that conversation with. You have to pull I them can aside. sit down with Wayne and say, this Wayne. This game is not G1 canon. This game is based on G1, right. but it is the game's well, canon. So when Wayne comes to me and says, what is it you want out of playing Unicron? I can say, okay, here's from like tfwiki.net or something. Here's a version of Unicron I want to play. Here's the limits on his, his powers and abilities, which granted aren't many, but nonetheless... <laughs> He can't walk in a door. This is, <laughs> he's very bad at using <laughs> stairs. Right. But, you know, we can work through what it is that I want out of this. But at some point later, I cannot keep trumping Wayne at every turn of, okay, you know, Dan, you need to eat a planet because you're running kind of low on energy. And I'm like, well, but Unicron can't eat that type of planet, you know, or wouldn't eat that type of planet or yeah, I know you mentioned the race that's there, and in this one comic book or whatever, it says that Unicron struck an accord with this race, so he's not going to eat yeah. their planet. Well, then you're going to starve. Yeah, it's it, I, you have to defer. You cannot hang on to everything. Well, if you, you are so puckered up on what this game has to be that you cannot be malleable at all, then you write fanfic. Well, Don't and, play a game. As the the person who requested, like, you're the person who wants to play this Transformers game or whatever, the Game Master probably shouldn't agree to this anyway, because this is, this is like bad ideas. Right, right. And I, but, I've got theories on how to make it work, sure. yeah, but we'll come back to those. But the Game Master needs to go to this subject matter expert and say, listen, man, there are four or five other people at this table who are not as into it as you are. So the whole spotlight thing? I need your help to put the spotlight on them. I don't want you educating them. I don't want you yeah. to be like, oh, well, no, this is what your character would do. You are going to be able to make your character and your background, your history, and all your connections be interesting, integrated NPCs and plot points, and you're going to be able to throw all the plot hooks out to me. Your character that you make, because you know the setting so well, is going to be a 10 out of 10 on everything the Game Master needs to make you the superstar. All these other guys are going to be one out of tens, two or three out of tens. So what we need you to do is help them make their characters rock stars. And not in the character creation. Right. In the play of the game. I think that is a very, very fair question to put on the person requesting this is... If I say I want to play Unicron, I think it's very fair to Wayne to to -hmm. kick back to me. Okay, that's cool. There are four other people in this game. What are they supposed to play? I think the first thing I would ask is, of course, why is it Unicron specifically that you want to play? And then I would counter with, well, there are four other people. I need these characters to be interacting. You need to be able to go into buildings. What if you're playing Unicron, but you're playing your minion your bot right and and your herald okay so that's one of the he has a surfboard in terms of okay so let's let's actually work out the conversation here so wayne asked me why do you want to play unicron and i could say okay i'm a huge fan of the character i think he's very interesting as this sort of ominous force of nature that resents his own existence He's got this constant existential struggle that comes from the fact that he resents his creator. He resents his own existence and his destruction has put him in this very, very endlessly dark place because of the fact that it's, he has to be that callous toward life to survive. 
And, you know, there's an interesting character exploration there. There really is. But Wayne, can I play a dump truck? (laughs) (laughs) You're on your way to Constructicon now. (laughs) There is a lot of really interesting concepts about that. But when you're playing the character, you're then examining all of that. It loses some of the mystery and the fear that the character generates. So what if you were playing a herald of Unicron? You are Unicron, but you're playing your herald. Well, and Someone that's, that you can right. explore things and with. So, and these are the things that I think I would come back with if you said, so how does everybody else fit into this? And then how do you fit in with everybody else? I think one of the things I would suggest is they're playing either Transformers that have been recreated by Unicron as heralds. They don't have to be these characters, but it would be akin to Galvatron, Cyclonus, scourge so on and so forth you know the transformers that were recreated by unicron to be more powerful and to be his heralds and whatnot or if not that they could also be individuals who have simply made a pact of convenience they see what unicron is they don't believe he's defeatable and so they agree you know he goes and ate their planet and maybe he pulled the gaius baltar thing and shut down the defensive network so Unicron ate the planet but then agreed to let that dude live and so that dude's now part of his his posse is now part mm-hmm. of his entourage works for him but in return Unicron provides him with energon the life essence of a transformer you know provides him with protection provides you know whatever and now the, the question then comes so how does this all fit together how do I play Unicron with these people and how do these people play with me and I think one of the things that I could choose to do is even if I'm not playing a Herald per se, I could play an avatar of Unicron. And in some of the versions of Unicron, he has one. He has something that is smaller that either very closely mimics his personality or is an extension of his personality that he uses to go about and do things at a different scale. So there is this home base body that is the Unicron, the planet-sized monster. But most of the time, I am interacting with the party through some kind of, you know, avatar of Unicron that is the normal size of a regular Transformer and, and has a normal... powerful is far more limited than a planet size. Right. He's powerful, but he's powerful in the same way that Cyclonus, Scourge, and Galvatron are powerful because they did have stats above the other Transformers. They were made at a higher technology level, but he's on that scale and he can be shot and killed the same way that any of the rest of them could be. But when Wayne faces you and the party with a challenge, what is to stop? Oh, well, this guy's big, bad, and he's kicking our butt. Well, I go back to home base and I just eat the planet. Yeah, and that's a very fair question. I think that's an... Because ex- an- I'm over here playing dump truck bot. And that's just not a compelling story. Well, for me. Dump Truck Bot is one of the constructed cons. So you actually are on your way to being pretty powerful. But I think one of the things, and this comes down to how much do you trust the player? Because I'll be honest, there are players I don't trust to do this at all. If a player comes to me wanting to play Unicron, that's a pretty deep hole he's got to dig himself out of to make this oh, yeah. to me. I want to play Unicron, but I'm totally not going to abuse that is right up there with many times have we heard that is right up there with the star trek one if i want to play a cube i'm never going to use the powers yeah i want to play a dragon but i'm never actually going to turn into a dragon yeah why are we playing a dragon just play a guy who's schizophrenic and thinks he's a dragon right but yeah i think that's one of the things that would be fair to ask is dan okay come on you have especially if we play the gen one unicron you're literally the most powerful thing in the galaxy what the hell is stopping you? Well, I'm not a power player. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. A little more than so that. So I, I think, now once again, this depends how much you trust the player. If the player says they're going to lay off the gas there, do you think they'll do it? If not, abort right here. Now, this may not apply to everything. The person right. who wants to play Green Squadron, I, I will they're say, still yeah. in a regular Y-Wing. There's a galaxy of difference between playing green squadron who the hell those are and the death star and the death star yeah yeah that i'm the trigger man on the death star well and my thoughts on this unicron thing would be different if we're talking a campaign versus talking a one-shot sure a one-shot i don't care you ever unicron in and eat the planet 
Let's go. Go Gonzo. If yeah. we're talking a campaign, I want the physical Unicron body to be trapped somewhere. Well, and part of the campaign storyline is getting that's, it out. That was one of the things I could say is if I'm going to play Unicron, that I'm going to go with one of two angles. That either Unicron's body is broken. The head is still in orbit of Cybertron. That's all he is, is the ghost in the head. Or his body's trapped in another dimension. Or some alien race that genuinely can threaten him has beat the crap out of him. And he's not destroyed, but his body ain't what it used to be. And it's going to take a lot to put it back together. And I still have some of my powers. We can still go back to home base and I can fix people up and give them energy and things like that. But I can't put that body into motion to start crushing planets. Or maybe the body doesn't exist. Once again, I just have the head. And the head has a huge amount of technology and knowledge and such. But it's just the head orbiting Cybertron. The problem I have with all of this, for the Transformers, again, this is scales of example. I don't have this problem with Green Squadron. Yeah, we'll come back to Green Squadron. The problem I have... I'm intentionally trying to create a really difficult one. Right, right. The problem I have with Unicron, and like you said, oh, well, it's just the blown out head. And it's really just kind of a base that we're using and, you know, that sort of thing. Or Alien Threat or whatever. All these good examples that you put. I'm just sitting here, like, with my Game Master hat on thinking... But the other players, while they agree to play the game, they're not subject matter experts. So the whole plot of the game, everything is about your character. Well, which is why I Dump Truck Bot has no. Well, and this is where my other possible solution to this is now you can take the body off the table still, Mm -hmm. just so you know for a fact that me not playing the dragon or not playing the queue is actually going to stay true. Mm -hmm. But. What if, you know, and this is once again just a way around the problem, that what I get out of playing Unicron is that character exploration. It's not that I want to be all-powerful in eight planets. There's more to it than that. That I really am interested in the character of Unicron. Interested in sort of the dispassion that Are you interested in the characters of the other players? But if I, and that's where I'm going, Mm -hmm. is what if the body that i am playing is some sub creation of unicron that maybe carries a part of his consciousness or something but there is a plot that is not me centric i am working with or helping out in fact maybe you guys come up with it maybe you guys say hey we're going to be these independent transformer mercenaries who are out to do this and set this injustice correct and it just so happens that I, as Unicron, offer you some unique knowledge and opportunities, but I'm actually following your plot. Mm -hmm. I just get the chance to play. And this goes back to why did you want to play Unicron? I can get that by playing Unicron in a body that's 25 feet tall instead of 25,000 miles across. It gets into the second phase of planning out this game. Phase one is figuring out, okay, this player is asked, he wants a game in this world, he wants to be this character. We've worked out a way that that character works mechanically and all of that. So the character now is there. The next question is, how do you make it interesting to the other players? Especially if the other player knows yep. they're willing, but they know nothing about transport. Yeah. Right. First thing is you get a group. Let's say you either get people that are interested and bring them in. Or if you're going to run this for your regular group, then you go and you say, okay, here's what we're going to be running explain a little bit about the setting and ask what sounds interesting. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have to have that conversation with everyone. Right. What is interesting to you about this type? Well, and I think this is something, once again, going back to the example I've been using, I have to be prepared to give up that amongst the things I can ask for, I think there's one thing I cannot ask for, which is I want the game to be about me. Okay. In fact, I, I would argue that, it most emphatically should not be about you, and you need to be told that up front. Right. Your job here is not to be the rock star. Your job here is to lift up the other players. It's like, I really want to play Unicron, but part of my way of getting that is the other players are almost certainly going to say no if I say I want to play full power, full scale, planet size Unicron, and they're my bitches. Right. I, I, that's, that's what it's going to turn in. Because th- that's going to be. Or, a, or it's going to be secret Unicron. Nobody yeah. knows the big secret until five games in, and then it doesn't matter anymore because now everyone knows. And yeah, and, and on cares? top of that, I'm unstoppable and out right. of control and yeah. blah, blah, blah. 
But I, you know, I think that you could create a different kind of game if put that onus back on the person, not the GM, mm-hmm. but put it back on the person requested. I say I want to play Unicron. The GM says, "Okay, I want to know crazy. Why? Well, no, you know, I want to know why you want to play Unicron. I want to know what you have in mind." Great. Now you have to sell it to the other players. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't want you to sell Transformers to the other players. That's the game master's job. I want you to sell Unicron. That I'm playing the, Unicron. Yep. And this is where I think I would be prepared to make a lot of concessions because what I'm getting out of this is character exploration, not power wank. Mm-hmm. That what I would get out of this is... I would be very willing to say to you guys, what is it you want to play within Transformers and find some way to attach myself meaningfully and organically to that party, as mm-hmm. opposed to asking you to follow around and, and ooh and ah in my glory. Mm-hmm. This to say, look, I'm getting what I want, but this is like sex. This is not going to last if you're not also getting what you want. Right. And oh, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> If I get to play Unicron, then roll over and go to sleep, this is probably not going to happen a second time. Right. And so, you know, make that that person's problem. Let's go back to the Green Squadron thing. Light years of difference. Yes. This is a totally different Because now the issue... Realistic. The issue is now, I'm playing... Well, the the pitch is easy. You guys like Star Wars? Yeah. You guys want to play Rebels? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, Rebels are cool. What do you guys say about fighter pilots? Oh, man, that is awesome. Can I be well, a Jedi? No. Because so, all I care about in Star Wars is Jedis. That's some tough shit for you. <laughs> so Dan has this idea about playing a guy in this thing called a Green Squadron. Dan, what is the Green Squadron? Well, it's this and this and this. Oh, Luke well, was then- in the Red Squadron, and he was a Jedi. Yeah, well, except Luke's a bitch, so we're not, <laughs> we're not playing Red Squadron. So... And then, you know, it bounces back to me. I'm like, what do you guys say about playing members of this green squadron? There's not a whole lot of lore and canon on them, so we could write whatever we want. That's what I was going to say. That, that might be the sales pitch, yeah. is be like, you know what? In the entirety of Star Wars canon, and by the way, we're making this example up, so if there really is a green oh, squadron. Oh, there absolutely is. I'm sure there is, but terabytes of data on Understand it. that we are just spitballing here. Understand that. I, I, I don't care. I can go round for round with you on Unicron. <laughs> green Squadron is purely we don't yeah. even know. But let's say okay, let's say there is there is a Green Squadron mentioned somewhere. I could say you know I kind of thought they were cool because they have this isn't this going for them. They're at this battle which was kind of interesting, mm-hmm. and they tend to prefer using some kind of off the beaten path fighter picks. You know they prefer Z ninety fives to X wings. They prefer modded cloak shapes to the Y wings or whatever the heck. I don't care make your stuff up. But, you know, there's something about them I think is neat. But it's this list of half a dozen mm-hmm. items. But I think one of the things that certainly is a, would be allowed for or, or open here is because it's so off the beaten path, I think one of the easiest ways to draw on the other players is to say, you know what, there's these half dozen factoids that have been established on them. And so we're going to conform to that. But the rest of it, it's ours to develop. So we don't know who else is in there. So here's my pitch on it, right? Like, say I'm running this game. I'm like, guys, they have 13 seconds of screen time in the first movie. They have five seconds of screen time in the third movie. And this one guy has two lines. The game is those things happen. We are going to play that less than 30 seconds out. And -and so-and-so is playing this guy. And he has to say those two lines. The game is what connects all of those. And that is going to be our story. Yeah. We are going to make that happen together and it is going to go off the beaten path. But at those two moments, we're going to do those. We're going to play those out. We're going to play how we get there. What leads up to that? What happens in between? But the thing I want to make important here is the end game. The coolness of this game is not those 30 seconds. Those are just going to be anchor points in our plot. The cool stuff is the story we make together and the characters we make and what is really going on. Yin? Yeah, I'd see and that. <laughs> that's a pretty good pitch. And I think it's an easier pitch because of the fact that it lacks the all-star character. Yeah. I yeah. think a similar pitch from Star Wars was we want to play Red Squadron and I want to play Luke. 
And now more of a mauve squadron. Yeah. But like Duke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but see that, that kind of recreates the Unicron problem yes, of it. Now it's like, well, what do we matter? Right. You know, we're a rounding error to you. We well, have, and, we have what? I mean, one obese guy who gets killed in the trench <laughs> run or was that gold squatter? Well, I mean, and that also goes back to the original question of what is interesting about this thing you're asking for. Yeah. If what's interesting about it is specific characters, I don't, think it's a good idea for a campaign well it it could be it could be but i think it has to be are the characters in parody well there's a difference between me saying i want to play transformers i want to play unicron versus i want to play transformers and i want to play onslaught yeah or you could come to i want to play teenage mutant ninja turtles well there's four of us well yeah here's the sort of rules i would lay down too it's like no i i completely get what you're saying wayne and part of my pitch would be okay there are these Wikipedia entries for each one of these guys, and they're miles long, right? You don't have to play those guys. We are making our own story. Dan is playing Corporal so-and-so in this ship. He's playing one of the guys. That's going to be his character because he's really on board with that. You guys can pick one of these, not pre-made characters, but one of these defined characters, or you make up a new guy for Green Squad. You can make up your own dude. Because we're only talking about 30 seconds in the movie here. There's not a lot of character development going on. Yeah. So it's cool that we make up our own characters, right? If you want to play a Jedi, well, I was about to say you could, but wasn't like Luke and Vader and Yoda like the only ones or something? But they still, I mean, the, that, that's Dude, more of a... There's more waffle than yeah, waffle yeah. house on how many, how many force <laughs> yeah. users there were. Yeah, there are hidden force users out there that yeah. aren't actively Jedi. Uh, and, and but at other points, they say there weren't. So, right. yeah, you, and, and you that's pick, cool. your, pick your canon. Yeah, and that would actually be defined and balanced within whatever rule system we use. So, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but like I said, I think you recreate the problem if someone wants to play Luke. You yeah. can also uncreate the problem... If your character is specific, but is not in any particular way an outstanding or unique character, you gave the example of, well, in the Green Squadron thing, mm-hmm. that I'm really big into the canon, and there's a, you said, a corporal so-and-so, we're mm-hmm. once again, we're right. making this up. And it's like, okay, I'm going to play this guy from the book, but he's really nothing particularly remarkable when yeah. compared he, to... He's not vader's secret rebel agent force yeah. user bounty hunter guy if you guys he is played, literally corporal if smart. you guys wanted to play a battle tech game and said you really want to play wolf's dragoons especially where it'd be easiest during one of the reconstruction phases because they got their ass kicked a few times not enough times but a few times and you know you'd be one of the reconstruction phases where there's all these new people coming on board and maybe i say you know what i want to play this one named person from the more tales of the black widow source book or something like that, but I'm not playing the black widow right. and I'm not playing Jaime Wolf and I'm not, you know, whatever yeah. I'm not playing Joshua Wolf who the bounty hunter kills him, which is hilarious, but you know, I'm not playing any one of these people. I'm playing something, by the way, he was the most, he's such a badass bounty hunter, not only black widow, who's like kind of the total Mary Sue of the BattleTech universe, Bounty Hunter not only kills her boyfriend, but then beats her, takes her mech, repaints it, and uses it to annoy her hmm. for the rest of her life. It's great. And and not be, this is not a misogyny thing. This is I hate Mary Sue things. But, you know, I'm not playing one of these characters who's got all these wild stats. I am just playing this person who happens to be named, happens to have a little bit of hmm. canon, but they don't have historic-level mech warrior stats. They don't have, you know, all this weird stuff going on. I'm just, this is just the character I'm playing. It doesn't matter. Same thing with the green squadron yeah. thing. It just doesn't matter. Now, well, let me, as a game master, I would still have the, the side conversation with the player, right? Yeah. Who wants to play a specific guy. It would not be of the same intensity and heavy handedness as with someone playing Unicron or a piece of Unicron or something like that. Because like you said, it's, you're, we're not playing the fist of the hidden emperor or whatever. I would just say, listen, you know a lot about the lore and way more than these guys. Again, you can make a 10 out of 10 character here. I would not say that you need to take the back seat. The game's not about you. I would say, just think about it. Try not to overshadow these guys. Yeah. Try to help them out and, a bit with the lore. And help, them make, their, help them make their character. Yeah, you help. sit down and you make their characters as cool or even cooler than yours. Yeah, exactly. You explain to me, if you could not explain to me how each character here is either equal to you or even better than you, mm-hmm. then we're not playing this game. Like, uh, let's go back to 
Laura's obsession with this Injustice <laughs> game where she keeps insisting I play Mr. Freeze. Mm-hmm. It's not... Even though you know so little about it. I do. I really don't. Yeah. I, I don't know much of anything. But, you know, I, it's a fairly easy game pitch to get people into of, hey, can you get on board with a good guy gone bad sort of mm-hmm. scenario that somebody gets to the ends, justify the means, and goes way too far with it? Well, I think most people could. I mean, maybe they can't. Most people could. Do you dislike fascism? <laughs> if the And I'm, yeah, I'm talking people machine gun each other down in the streets for thought crimes and da-da-da-da-da. Well, okay, that's basically what the story's about. Mm-hmm. It's a resistance against this really obscene organization that Superman's at the top of. Okay, pretty easy sell. Right. Now, it's like, okay, I'm playing Mr. Freeze, but Mr. Freeze, he's not anything close to the most powerful villain in this universe. No. I'm not no. asking to play Dark Side. I guess it depends on who's writing them, but that could be said of any comic Sure, sure. But, but well, if, if another conversation I would have with, I wouldn't have it with you because I don't think I need to have it with you, but I might have with certain players is, okay, you know all of this about that setting. Mr. Freeze doesn't know who's under Batman's mask. No. Mr. Freeze doesn't know who Superman was. You have that knowledge. You're going to need to remember during this game that just because you have that knowledge of all of this setting stuff, when I drop something that you know or you remember from that setting, does that character know that? Yeah. Because that's one of the other things that some people that ask for a specific setting or character, they know all about oh, the setting and yeah. they start geeking out over mm-hmm. little things you sprinkle well, in for them. I'm going to use kind of a weird metaphor, but it's like you're playing a game that has like interrupt powers on cards and this person sitting there with five of them waiting to go. <laughs> you know, this is a metaphor yeah. here. And it's like, Okay, this is this, this. Oh, but wait a minute. Unicron's immune to that. Mm-hmm. Or wait a minute. Unicron never went there. You know, and I could do the exact same thing with any character you threw at me. And you have to get off that. This you is have to a... accept that you're getting what you want to some degree. This, you know, this is not to any degree you like, but this is to some degree. You know, unless you come to me with a doctor's notice that says you've got six months to live, I'm not giving you a wank game. So this is more a case of. I'm looking for a good example from the Star Wars one or something, but mm-hmm. let's say there is a event that happens in the course of the movie, the book series, the whatever. Let's say the first Death Star being blown up. I want to sprinkle that in for the player. I want like little events here or there that happened in it. I want to give that to the player because I know they're excited about mm-hmm. the setting, but I want that to be a gift to the player, yeah. not to the character. Mm-hmm. The character, they're experiencing all this for the first time. They don't know any of this, but the player... I'm going to name drop some things here and there, some NPCs, and it's not the tour de force that we always talk Mm -hmm. about where you're going around and, oh, here's Darth Vader, here's Tarkin. Yeah, but I want to be able to to drop those names Mm -hmm. as a gift to the player because they want this setting. There's a fight in Arkham, and you heard that this character didn't make it out alive. I'm going to drop that in for you. Oh, sure. What if you throw in that uh, it turns out that a major financier of the resistance is Ferris Boyle. And if I bring him down, then I have just hurt my own cause. Whereas if I let him go in another way, hurt more different of my own cause. How do you feel if characters do that? Like, let's say I make this character for Green Squadron and uh, I put in my background, I hate Luke Skywalker. I hate him. Because he's a pretty boy with no training. Oh, I shot Womp Rats. Like, no, I'm piling a military machine here that costs $10 million. And you're talking about shooting moles? No, you're a dick. Everybody listens to you. There's no reason for it. You're a Jedi. Oh, yeah, Mr. Wizard. No, that's some bull that doesn't even exist. Who do you think you are? But I, we have to cover his ass. <laughs> I would love that. Oh, yeah, I would love that. Yep. Yeah, who? what if you had to play the poor bastard who was sitting behind him? <laughs> Where was the freaking turn off the targeter and feel your way through it there? Right, yeah. <laughs> and maybe you were best friends with a guy in the back of his... Uh, land speeder who's like it's like yeah where was where were your force powers didn't you see that coming yeah you know or, or is it just work for you like you're... or it's like open comms and it's like luke who are you talking to who the hell's uncle ben <laughs> dude you're on a mission stop <laughs> you've gone crazy can we get this guy on yeah. some haldol yeah. <laughs> well it's like general solo this guy was a smuggler he just showed up with a right. ship how did he become a general not even a good ship <laughs> and it's like Yeah, he blows up the Death Star. He's a hero. But my character is like, this dude was 
talking to ghosts. I got to get this guy sectioned. But he's the hero. But he's crazy. And no one's listening to me. And now I'm the crazy guy. <laughs> well, this is where you know, I think it's it's easier. God, I hate Luke Skywalker. <laughs> I, I, think it is, I think it's easier to do in something like Injustice because the characters come off the shelf with a similar significance. Whether you're so, let's say we just agree we're playing part of the resistance, right? Or at least we're not we're anti Superman. Okay, right. we've at least agreed on that much. Whoever we choose to play, you have the option of this whole list of superheroes and supervillains. You know, if you choose to play someone who's wildly underpowerful and irrelevant, that wasn't for lack of other options. It's not because I'm playing Unicron. I'm playing Mister Freeze. Mister Freeze is. Far from the most powerful supervillain that exists, even within Batman's enemies. You know, so it's like, no, this is something else. If Chad played Lobo, <laughs> Lobo is substantially more powerful than I am. Literally invulnerable. Yeah. The most I can do is stop him long enough to rehide. Yeah. And hope. And he can smell you, by the way. Yeah. And hope when he reforms. He forgets or something distracts him. Well, or I guess I could maybe argue that Freeze being in the internalized suit maybe doesn't have a scent or much of one. Yeah. And really hope that works. Mm -hmm. But it's the point being that if you choose to come in here and play someone who is just a rounding error, it's not for lack of other options. I think this would go back to being a, a Transformers game. And I'm not asking to play Unicron. I'm asking to play a relatively run-of-the-mill Transformer, mm-hmm. you know, Hound or something like right. that. If you choose to play one of the w- Wiki Boys, <laughs> that's on you. Oh, I was going to go with a cassette tape. <laughs> Dude, those guys those actually, are pretty awesome. Yeah, they actually have some pretty high-end powers. They're easy to knock down, but their offensive capabilities are shocking. See, now guys, I want to run... Guys, a- got to pump the brakes here. I want to run a one-shot uh, where pump. everyone's a cassette. Gotta pump those brakes. No one gets to play Soundwave. Uh, Everyone's I, a cassette. I'm on board. I'm on board. <laughs> Can we straighten out the colors of Rumble and Frenzy? Because I kept screwing those up. Of course. Yeah. Because uh, it's actually, I think, Rumble who's... Uh, well, they had them backwards. The red one is supposed going to be down a, one. Going down a I know, I know, path, I know. Guys. All right. <laughs> and Chad, you get to play a Decepticon that is not a tape, who is sick and tired of the tapes getting all the attention. <laughs> The only Decepticon I would want to play... Well, if you keep talking about a dump truck... Is Shockwave. Okay. Uh, Shockwave, Shockwave actually was, got along with the tapes. Shockwave was Here. my favorite Transformer. Shockwave got along really well with the tapes. Because he's the only one who was, like, science fiction Yeah. You know? Well, Shockwave got along really well with the tapes, and he also got along really well with Soundwave. Mm-hmm. So that would work pretty well. Or if you wanted to play someone who's sick and tired of the tapes, you want to go with your dump truck. <laughs> I think that was Long Haul, who's one of the Constructicons, and the Constructicons were irritated to no end by sound wave in the tapes. So you could play either direction, mm-hmm. but yeah. But the point is once again, it's yeah. Shockwave's powerful. Oh yeah. But the cassette tapes in their own right are once again, they're vulnerable, but they're but none of the sh- cassette tapes can pick up shockwave when he transforms into a, no, because the, the guns like they, there's something. It depends on your yeah, take on yeah. it. Do it they was a really poorly animated. <laughs> yeah. Do they change size or not? I went in the homebrew I did. I went with a don't. Yeah. So Shockwave transforms into a cannon. He's a cannon. But Megatron if trans- transforms into a gun that only a transformer can pick up. That And it has to be a large one because yeah. he doesn't change size. Right. So Megatron, if he transforms into a gun, Devastator, he, has, to Devastator has to pick him up, not Starscream. Yeah. Starscream can't carry him because he's the size of, the of Starscream. Yeah, or one of the humans, exactly. And same thing, if, if Shockwave or Soundwave transforms down, he is a Walkman the size of a an RV. Right. I, so I don't know how you work that one out. <laughs> well, and see, that doesn't make any sense. Like, I, I get the game mechanic part of it, but it's just like, okay, you're... Oh, I think it makes why sense. Why would you transform into a Because it's, mal- it's a malfunction. Yeah. Because they're... they're hi- I'll keep this very quick for your sake. But the, <laughs> the history of it was on Cybertron, he transformed into what looked like a uh, monitoring device that was along a roadside. Which made a lot of sense. They were that size because they were meant to Mm -hmm. be around other things of that size. When they crashed on Earth, they were all basically destroyed beyond recognition. And the Ark was rebuilding them, but didn't know how because it didn't. It it had had its own brain scrambled. 
So it looked around Earth and was trying to just find things that it could probably work them into. And so in the process, I mean, what does it really get about human life? It made Soundwave look like a Walkman the size of an Mm -hmm. RV because it saw Walkman and Soundwave carries little things. And I can probably turn these into cassette tapes. And Mm -hmm. there we go. Must make sense. Must must blend in perfectly because its own brains were damaged. So Mm -hmm. not all of its choices Mm -hmm. would be sensible. True. Yeah. So anyways, I think the the closing message here is that if you are going to make a request that specific of a game master, that you are looking for a game that is really, really tailor made to something you've been fiending to do, I think you've got to be prepared to do a couple things. One is to accept some limitations or constraints so the game is not just your wank. Secondly, you're going to have to be prepared to give some ground to the GM so they can run the game. And third, you need to be prepared to get very, very active with the other players so they know that they are just as important and just as spotlighted, spotlit, I don't know how you conjugate that, as you are in terms of this game playing out. And in some things, that's easier. In some Mm -hmm. things, that's harder. I will throw out one last thing, and I kind of mentioned this with the Injustice thing, But I could throw us out with Star Wars as well. I think it is fair to accept that sometimes a player's lack of significance is self-inflicted. What I mean is, let's say, for example, someone said, I want to play a Star Wars game where we were all Force users of whatever stripe. And when it gets to me, and everyone's on board with this, but when it gets to me, I say, you know what? I'm really not interested in Force users because I'm not. As Mm -hmm. me, Dan, I'm not. Space Wizards. Yeah. I say, I want to bang Darth Talon. Beyond that, I have no real interest in Force users. But I'm accepting, especially if we're not using D20 Revised, where the classes were really balanced. Mm -hmm. A guy with a gun could beagle to a Jedi. If we were playing this using the mummy hieroglyphic system Mm -hmm. from, well, I know Fantasy Flight doesn't make it anymore or some such. But they weren't balanced because they weren't meant to be balanced. And so if I'm playing someone who's a bounty hunter, I mean, it's not mm-hmm. that I couldn't have played a Jedi. It's not that I didn't know the other three people were playing Jedi. I did that to me, yeah. and I got to own that. Now, that doesn't mean the Game Master can't still give me spotlight and pay attention mm-hmm. to my story. But, but he doesn't owe you anything because you made a choice. Right, and I can't yeah. whine because I'm not as powerful as everybody yeah. else. And if, if you're coming into the game to be powerful, if it's that kind of game, which is fine, then you really up yeah i did that to me yeah and so yeah there you go yeah i think the last thing i have is if you're a game master and someone brings an idea to you like this go through the exercise of asking the questions because mm-hmm. if dan were to come to me with the unicron thing <laughs> my first thought is to immediately no no it's and the answer is no, no. <laughs> but as we talk through it i've got a game idea out of that now yeah well uh, the and- unicron where unicron is stuck in another dimension can't get all the way through here's his avatar that's workable to me mm-hmm. and it all goes down to why does the person want that what he's not asking for what he doesn't want out of it is the big powerful unicron he wants the psychological aspect that's something i can work with yeah well you if work- i just knee jerk reacted and said no i would have never got to what he really wanted and if this game never happened never worked out i know that's something he wants to explore so the next game i run Mm-hmm. may not be Transformers game let's yeah. say it's just a modern game but also <laughs> I can now give him options for a character that is exploring those same types of things yeah well and I, th- I think also that creates the possibility of story arcs or chapters because you know if everyone else is playing Autobots, Decepticons, Independent Mercenaries doesn't matter what and it's like okay I'm going to help you out and your guys mission is the first story arc but my payment is you're going to help me get my body back. Mm. And that, whether it succeeds or fails, that attempt is the second story arc. Well, and then from there, we go into third arcs and fourth I, arcs. I will and, say with that, you know, it's like the Game Master Wayne lays out the mission of, hey, you're going to, guys are going to do this for a whole bunch of energy on whatever. And you are tasked with you know, pulling some people together because you've got connections because you're a unicron and that sort of thing. And you pull them together, and you don't tell Wayne you're going to do this. You look at him across the space bar table, and you say, okay, guys, we're doing this. You're getting paid, but my cut is you got to help me get my body back. As a game master, if I'm not on board with that, I'm like, whoa, <laughs> wait. You, uh, 
No. No, I think, <laughs> yeah, this would be pregame discussion. Yeah. If I'm trying to immediately overwrite the conditions right. of, yeah, because this was one of the conditions is you have to be yeah, well, imprisoned I mean, Wayne, by an alien species. One of, his, one of his things that he pitched was, okay, we're just taking the Unicron body right, off right, the table. Right. Yeah. It's just not going to be a thing in the game. Exactly. So there, I think this would have to be agreed upon yeah. if it, in the game setup, but... I think that the if we're going around the table giving advice, the, the advice that I would give here is both for the player and the game master. For the game master, is it's a two-sided thing. Don't say no. If Dan, if anybody came to me and said Unicron in a Transformers game, I mean, I'm going to say no, but hear the pitch. Obviously, they're excited about it, and you probably won't be surprised, but you might be surprised. Yeah. And like Wayne said, it's like, hey, I got an idea for yep. a game out of it. And but maybe don't it be, be afraid to say no after that, you hear that. And that's that's the thing is that you have to be able to say no. Yeah. And this goes into advice for the player now. When you're making an ask like this, if it's on a scale of Unicron to Green Squadron, if you're asking for Unicron level ask here, and Unicron they, could be part of Green Squadron. <laughs> right. A I bunch know. of Y Wings and X Wings appear and then Unicron <laughs> and Unicron eats the Death Star. <laughs> oh my god. He, Unicron's a rebel. He has a big rebel symbol painted on him. Yeah. It's like size of plant. He doesn't care. I mean, whatever. Oh no, yeah. It's like, fly the Death Star fly. is Unicron in disguise. <laughs> but so No, because it was the size of a moon. If you Unicron, it'd be a small munchie. If you make the Unicron level ask. And the game master is like, okay, I'm probably going to say no, but let me hear your pitch. You have to be willing to put a lot on the table. The game, ma- If the game master says yes, they're going to start asking you, well, I want you to do this. I need you to do this. If you're doing that Unicron level ask, you don't really have a right to say no. Yeah, you got to be prepared to give a Unicron level give. Exactly. Now, if we're talking about Green Squadron and you say, hey, I got this Green Squadron. No, you your Green Squadron. You're obsessed, man. You know, maybe the GM's being a little bit of a dick. But when you do your pitch, you don't really have to give up everything. You don't have to sell the farm here. Yeah. You know, it's more of a, hey, let's work this out. But understand the game master might still have a couple asks. Like, hey, you're the subject matter expert here. You are helping these guys make their characters, not mechanically. You're helping them with NPCs and backgrounds and plot hooks for me. And that's my ask for you. And that's a reasonable ask. Yeah. And also, I would say, and I just have to put this out there, if the Game Master puts so many restrictions on your character, no matter what level it is, to the point you don't think you will have fun, just like the Game Master, you have a right to say no. Yeah. And the game just doesn't happen, and that's okay. Right. I said the closest I ever got to this in terms of I was playing a character that was not quite in balance with everyone else. But I happened to play with a group of players who had a lot of trust for me, and it actually worked. And several people in review said it was one of the best characters I ever played. Was It was a Transformers game. I didn't play Unicron, but I did play, uh, depending on your preferred vernacular, Merger slash Combiner. And I played all five parts of it. It was one I invented on my own, and I played all five parts of it. And all the five constituent Transformers that... They, none of the rest of the party could merge to form Devastator. I could, all right? No, it was not Devastator, but you get the idea. Yeah. Being a Transformers nut, I know you, of course, knew it wasn't Devastator. Devastator has six parts. Oh, five. absolutely. Yeah. So, but... I mean, I'm obsessed with dump truck bots. Yes, exactly, which is one of his legs. <laughs> but, no, I'm sorry, it was his... Uh, his leg torso. is a cement mixer. It was his uh, belly. Yeah, his, I believe his other leg is a yeah. Uh, it's his, his his lower torso, thing. his yeah. belly. I want to call it a bulldozer, but I don't know if that's what it's called. Yeah, the the thing with the bucket that's yep. wide and uh, yeah. But anyways, but the point being though that I had these characters have such a diversity of personality, and there was so much dysfunction and infighting between them, mm-hmm. and I used the merge form so rarely right. because I kept to the characters of if they weren't getting along, they weren't going to merge. And it didn't matter whether that was the best it's a, it's move like or the not. Bots, right? Like, couldn't they merge? But they never did because they're always fighting. Not in G one. Oh, okay. Other versions they made them combiners, and mm-hmm. I always thought that was too much because I thought that was really big, giant dinosaurs. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's what they were designed to be was a counter to. Anyways, I'm not gonna end it. But point, yeah, I, I thought the Dinobot merger was stupid. But anywho, all right. So I think we're gonna wrap this one up. So check the show notes. I don't think there's anything in there unless you just really want to see uh, the, There's Wayne's book. 
series that we've never heard of. Yeah, I'm not going to like that. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, if you just want to see the timestamps for when we talked about the things you just heard, then check the show notes. Otherwise, have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. Yeah. This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2020. Listeners are free to use this episode in a non-commercial endeavor, so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. If you wish to support this show and its related endeavors, you can do so at patreon.com slash feartheboot.